everybody. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Happy Monday, April 15th. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. And man, I am excited because not only do we have a super friend show today, but we just watched right before recording this Tiger Woods win the Masters. I know it was the highlight of Sean's sporting, Sean Wagner with us sporting life. How excited were you to see Tiger win the Masters, Sean, on a scale of one to 10? You know, I am not the biggest golf fan. I actually got a little bit emotional um, seeing him hug his kids. And wow. His wow. Wow. I thought I'm, you were. I'm, I'm I was for a nice redemption. I was expecting you to mock me when I said that I started crying when I watched him hug no, his kids. No, I, I mean, I didn't. You because you said that on Twitter to your 60 something thousand followers. Don't have to be jealous. I didn't, I didn't cry, but like I got emotional. Um, I didn't expect to. I watched the last three holes. Um, and that was about it. Did you tweet uh, out that you were getting emotional? I did tweet out something about that. And I also added, does not bode well for tonight when John and Aria reunite. If I'm and also we should, oh, put this in, we should put this into perspective because did you John just has cuss? never gotten I emotional. I, just, I think I just started, I was on accident. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and check. I, I I'll believe saying, it. It's fine. It's early. Keep moving. This is the first time Sean's ever gotten emotional besides when he watched Rogue One for the first 11 times. Yeah. And also that time that uh, he was uh, making avocado toast and he opened up his uh, avocado and it was brown and he started crying. He's oh, a, there's a, that's a joke that's been written now for about a week. <laughs> this is millennial. <laughs> Solid use. I was uh, thinking this while Tiger was uh, just about, uh, by the way, I, I was, I've been all in on golf with Tiger and when Tiger went away because of various issues starting with running into a pole. And all the things that came of that, I sort of wasn't interested in golf, right or wrong. But I was thinking about 97 when Tiger won for the first time, you know, hugged his dad and everyone, Brinson and whoever, whoever else tweeted out the pictures of the, sort of the similarities. Uh, Sean was four years old when Tiger yeah, won. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> I remember no it vividly, <laughs> and I remember thinking as they were talking about it on Sunday afternoon, my God, that doesn't feel like 22 years ago. It felt like if you told me it was seven years ago or something, if you didn't know all the things that happened to Tiger, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Sean had well, he probably had the same haircut he has now, but he was much much smaller. Oh, I had I had a much worse haircut that I won't. That seems impossible. <laughs> that doesn't seem possible that you could have had a worse. No. By the way, one more thing quickly on the Tiger thing. Uh, when he was standing over that that eighteen inch putt over uh, on eighteen, were you at all concerned? I thought he might. I, was I thought he might miss it. Well, so just I mean, for those that I mean, look, this is this is the first of all. Tiger winning the Masters is enormous because the bump in ratings is basically going to pay for this podcast for the next 10 years. I mean, like that's, that's a, how cheap. thought about that before they watch the Masters too, by the way. <laughs> that's right. Uh, a, that's how cheap this podcast is. And B, that's how uh, much money CBS likely made from Tiger Woods being the leader uh, for the final several holes. But you could tell that Tiger, once Brooks Kepka missed the putt on 18 for a birdie, it meant that Tiger could bogey to, to, to win to win the Masters, and he played he played a three-wood that he stung off the tee box on 18, low to the right. It found just the edge of the rough right off the fairway. Then he laid up short of the green on two. I don't think that was a layup. I think that was a little uh, a tight butt. It might, it might have been. Maybe, yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, I don't think it was – I don't know if it was a personal – I mean, like a purposeful layup. It was a – but he – Anyway, he's off. The, he's not even close to the green in two, but he's got to hit a chip, and he played the chip safe. And then he played he hit a good chip, though. That chip could have gone badly any number. Of other he wasn't. Ways. He, he wasn't trying to get cute with it. He he knew he needed to get on the green and two putt to win. And he, he hit his first putt a little little gassed up. You could tell he wanted to make it, and it got a little bit further than I think he wanted to. Uh, and yeah, I thought I thought there was a chance that he might miss it. But man, when he when he made it. And he said afterwards, like, he didn't remember what exactly what he did, but he lost his mind. He was shaking his putter like he did back in the day. It's just, 
I, I would argue, and I, I know that I'm I'm a a bad about hyperbole sometimes, but I would argue, what? what? Me? I was acting shocked that you're uh, uh, bad about in the moment hyperbole. Go well, ahead. Well, John Breach, I would argue that this is the greatest comeback in sports history. Not coming back in an individual event, but coming back from what Tiger came back from. Torn ACL, wrecked marriage, wrecked personal life, a recent DUI, multiple back surgeries, and then he wins the Masters at the age of 43. But also losing to a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament and then coming back and win the title the next year is pretty impressive, Brinson. But I will say, fun Tiger Woods fact that we can segue to football is that Tiger Woods, you talked about the wrecked marriage, he got married in Barbados, of all places, in 2004, and he got married at the same hotel where Bell Belichick was vacationing this offseason. A little, little, little fun trivia. On the yeah. same diving pad, too, where we saw him yeah. laying out without a shirt on. I'm full of Barbados trivia, guys. Uh, one last thing on Tiger. Sure. You know, the, my biggest takeaway, the second biggest takeaway. The biggest I mean, takeaway. Tiger, like, you're, that's why you got into golf, right, Ryan? Like, you were, oh, 100%. And yeah. I was actually thinking about this before the podcast. I'm the type of person that goes, like, neck deep to use a, a body part that I wouldn't usually use to describe neck deep on things when I get really interested. I was so deep into like golf history for the longest time, all because of Tiger. And then in uh, 09 is when he wrecked his car and wrecked his mares and all that. And since then, I haven't really paid much attention to it, um, even though there, there have certainly been good golfers. But yeah, it was fun to watch. The only the, My second biggest takeaway from Sunday uh, other than the obvious uh, first major win since 08. And by the way, the last major win was the one we talked about in the last podcast at US Open. Uh, Tiger's hair, man, listen, shave it. Stop with the, the comb down in front. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> that I couldn't concentrate on anything else when he was in Butler Cabin talking about his victory. I just saw that. I don't know what that was. It was like the not the comb over, the comb down. Just yeah, not great. How about get the guy? Wagner McGuff and get on with your life. Or start wearing the Pick 6 podcast hat like Ryan Wilson is right now. Uh, how about the guy who bet $85,000, by the way, on Tiger to win? Cleaned up $1.19 million. Bucks. Not a bad little day. Uh, I saw somebody say I mean, if you get that check, once once that thing clears, I'm going on an eight-night bender in Vegas. I'm not even leaving. I'm probably blowing you, half that money. Wouldn't you go to Barbados? Well, that would be the other eight nights. So yeah. eight nights in Vegas. And then sober up for a day to get on the flight to Barbados, and then eight nights there at Belichick's stomping grounds. I'm definitely not sobering up for that flight. I'm just getting staying wrecked all the way through. Um, anyway, all right. Any other thoughts on uh, on that golf that golf event before we move on to some football? I'm assuming that's a no. <clears throat> Firm no. All right, cool, good stuff, guys. I would like to say that CBS crushed it with a telecast all weekend. No doubt. Shout out to CBS. And CBS Sports <laughs> HQ. And CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, Kyle Porter, Chip Patterson, our boy Chip smashing it um, on the uh, on the CBS Sports HQ coverage. Looking at did he, any speaking of, you, of HQ, we should uh, promote what's happening this Wednesday. Will. Oh, good point. Thank you, Ryan. This Wednesday on CBS Sports HQ is it already this Wednesday? Wow, that was fast. From four to six p.m., we will be doing a live mock draft special. Me, Ryan Wilson, who will be in Florida. I will not be in Florida. I get invited to Florida. Pretty rude, IMO. Um, whatever. Uh, Pete Prisco, Brady Quinn, Jason LaConfora, Jamie Eisenberg, B-Mac, Brian McFadden. Uh, I think that's everybody, right? Danny, baby. Who? 
Danny no, Cannell. Danny Cannell is also in there. That's right. Yeah, Brady Quinn, if I didn't mention him. We'll all be doing live mock drafts. We've already done the hard labor, but it will be live from 4 to 6 p.m. on CBS Sports HQ. Highly recommend you check it out. Go to cbssports.com uh, slash live or CBS or use the CBS Sports app on your Roku, Fire, Phone, Apple TV, wherever else it is. You can watch it for free. It's a real sports news for real sports fans. Um, was anybody uh, Was anybody working this weekend? Yeah, I think John worked yesterday. I could tell by the headlines that came through the email. Was there really? Was there any news, John? That's about the opposite of the truth. No, I worked Friday. Uh, Force Greg died, which Hall of Famer, obviously played for the Packers, coached the Bengals, and I will. I'm bringing that up because I want to share my story. My one Force Greg story, real quick, is that my dad missed my birth. Because Forrest Gregg was coach of the Bengals. They played in the Freezer Bowl in 1982 against the Chargers. Uh, that was played on January 10th, 1982. The Bengals win to advance to Super Bowl 16. And Forrest Gregg was like, look, Mr. Breach. Uh, I, know I, I, kicker. Bet, I bet he didn't call him Mr. Breach. Look, Jim, you're the kicker, so you can miss a practice or two. We could probably get along without you leading up to the Super Bowl. But we can't have you missing a bunch of practices. So my mom was pregnant with me out in California. My dad's practicing in Cincinnati. He lets him go home for two days, January 11th and 12th. So my dad flies from Cincinnati to California, waits for me to be born. I wasn't born. Uh, he flies back to Cincinnati on January 13th. And while he was flying back to Cincinnati, I was born. And then he didn't get to meet me until uh, 15 days after I was born. There well, you go, guys. There so is your sure. Forrest Gregg Bengals Super Bowl story. It all ties together. It was your fault. So I mean, kind of. Yeah. I was late. So what did you think when you first met your dad, though? Uh, at 15 days old? Yeah. I you remember met... thinking he had big calves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the best comeback ever. Well done. <laughs> right. do By argue? the way, Brenton, I found the, the headline I was talking about. It was from Friday night. Tom Brady among 32 players who just had their helmets officially banned by the NFL. I don't even, what, what's that story? I don't even get that. It's that's why you're going to click, my man. They ban. They, that's right. They ban old helmets, and Tom Brady just happens to use one as my guess. I haven't read the story, but that's you can smell a breach headline from millions of miles away. Adam Thielen lands monstrous extension from Vikings, reportedly worth sixty-four million over four years. Um, it's a good deal for Adam well, Thielen. Seems like a pretty fair headline. Monstrous though. Breach well, how is- do you guys feel about the Vikings giving him a deal when he still had two years left on an extension they just gave him two years ago? So like. I understand he put up over a hundred receptions last season, but you don't. This is what Julio Jones wanted was getting one so early, and the Vikings, boom, they go out and do it with two years left on an extension he had just gotten. Why I have so much money uh, committed to Stephon Diggs? That's like, the thing. Was this really a smart move? I mean, Thielen earned it, but is, you really want to be paying two receivers that much money? I think so, yeah. Just when at- your coach hates all your offensive coordinators, sorry, Ryan. Yeah, so the Diggs deal is five years, seventy-two million, and he got that just before the eighteen season. And so they're, I mean, they're early on in that deal, and then the Thielen deal is four years, sixty-four million. Obviously, not all of it's guaranteed, but unless you're Kirby Cousins, but, but you yeah, can't, so that's, you can't that's pay the, him. You can't pay him more than Stephon Diggs. Like you can't go and give Adam Thielen a new deal that's bigger than Diggs because then Diggs is like, wait, what the but hell? Should you give two wide receivers that much money? On a team that's not – the team's okay. The team's not terrible. But, I mean, is that the best use of – I mean, I, I'm sort of torn. Thielen's worth it, and Diggs is worth it. 
Um, they have needs along the offensive line. You can fix that relatively cheaply. Um, the defense isn't terrible. They got a uh, bar back. Um, but Kirk they have Cousins, Kirk Cousins throwing them the ball. That's right. He needs to play better, and, and that's the biggest issue. So I guess I'm okay paying him. I mean, I mean, there's room for it. We always talk about the salary cap, but the salary cap keeps growing, and rarely do you. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think the salary cap's a problem. I mean, it, right. re, it, ten years ago, like when we started working at CBS, you had to know your like salary cap stuff was really important because guys were getting cut because they didn't have room on the salary cap. Now you just trade somebody, you don't even worry about it. Like the salary cap is so has grown so much, it's not a problem. Um, I don't mind paying him. I think you have to pay him because they're that good, but. You're right. I mean, given how that offense operates, it's not like they need two dynamic receivers. Yeah, and they could draft a tight end. I mean, they could end up drafting a tight end. Kyle uh, Rudolph's the final year of his deal. I think he's 29 years old. He's good, but you could draft one of those tight ends should they fall, Hawkinson or Fan or whomever. And that's cheap a cheap way for four or five years to bolster the offense and not, and not have to pay big money, especially as John pointed out since Thielen had a few years left on that deal. Well, uh, and one, one of my favorite clips from last season, back to Thielen real quick, is – he was just ripping Kirk Cousins on the sideline. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was basically just, you're a horrible quarterback. I'm open every play and you're not getting me the ball. And so it's like, I would love to know what kind of relationship they have. Cause I know Cousins tweeted out, yay, Thielen's bit back. And I'm sure Cousins seems like a yay guy, but you know, Thielen, maybe he's not so happy with his current quarterback situation. You know what? I heard that Thielen was mad because Kirby Cousins gave him the same talk that he gave the pep talk to the Michigan State before that <laughs> whooping they took. I believe He's like, you got to do better than that. I believe he, the phrase he said, as captured by me on Twitter, was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's wow. been there all effing day, is what he said to, uh, to Cousins. After that. But, uh, you know what Cousins said? I can't throw it that far. He said, don't be a meanie. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, you hurt my feelings with your tone. I have a, pe- I have a, I have a pep talk for the Michigan State Spartans to give. You guys should go out and win. If you win, it'll be great. Actually, if you told me that was his voice, I would believe you. You know, sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. Sean is shaking. What does this podcast turn into? Why are we listening to Kirk Cousins had Patrick Mahomes' voice? That would be (laughs) dynamic. I would listen to every interview. Winning is great, but it's not everything. Go get them. Okay. Anyway, moving along to something else. What, Sean? Get off mic. What's your problem, Sean, Sean? Listen, I told you, Brenton. Sean is nervous. Sean is nervous about this Thrones premiere. It is. I'm not uh, at all nervous. You so are. Like Sean, does it come on uh, 8 p.m., uh, 5 p.m. your time? Or 9 p.m., uh, 6 p.m. your Six, time? Yeah, well, I watch it on HBO Go, and they usually upload it right at okay, when so it's on the East Coast. Would you rather. Would you rather. Guarantee, like, would you rather have Arya end up on, and then we're, you're listening to this after the first episode. We won't do a review of this episode. Don't worry. We're just talking about it. We haven't watched it either. Would you rather have Arya end up on the throne or get a new car? Well, Deshaun, oh I, my I think, God. I think your question is flawed because I don't care about who ends up on the Iron Throne. Um, I don't think Arya would even be a good fit on the Iron Throne, but I don't need a new car because I my car's pretty new. So. Ooh, a little humble right I would rather, well, I would rather have Arya uh, get what she wants than get a new car. Oh, is it a nice car, or is it just like an updated version of my current car? What kind of car do you have? I just have a Mazda 3. It's a white Ford Bronco from 1994. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? It comes with a driver, Al what year? Is, what year is your Mazda? 2014. I just don't drive it that much, so it's not that. Like, so you would rather have a fictional girl end up with what she wants to get a brand new 2019 car? Sounds my car's like, fine. I don't need a new car. 
Wow. That's selfless, Sean. That's truly selfless. Like, yeah. That's something. I don't know. Um, all right. Anyway. Make Westeros great again, Sean. Sean is nervous. People are like, why are we listening to this? Why am I listening to this podcast? You know who else is nervous, Brinson? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking right now, Brinson. Yeah. Probably the Seahawks. Uh, why are the Seahawks nervous, Sean? Because today's deadline day. You know what's going to happen? We have to re-record this whole entire podcast because they're not going to hammer out a contract and Wilson's, Russell Wilson's going to quit the team. Well, I think that the move for Russell Wilson, if he doesn't get a new contract, is simply to uh, just play out the deal. I think I think he is fine playing out his. He, I think he's basically said, "I want Aaron an Aaron Rodgers contract, or I'm going to play out my deal and then play out a year on the franchise tag." And the Seahawks don't want to give an Aaron Rodgers contract, and Russell's fine playing two years without a contract. I, I really think he's fine with it. But if you're the Seahawks. And you realize you're going to lose him after two years. Do you think, you know what, maybe we do actually trade him? Because, hey, if we can get two first-round picks, that's better than losing him after two years and getting nothing. Or three first-round picks. Like, if, if the Giants called them tomorrow and said, look, you guys can't hammer out a deal. We'll give you pick six and 17 for Russell. Would you do it? I would. And, want and their, and their second-round pick. I would Are you want... reading JLC's story? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a three-way trade. I didn't want to get too uh, in-depth there. But it was just let me, a two-team me... trade. Let me read it real quick. Oh, you that. should definitely read it because in, in no way did Jason already tell, talk about it on this very podcast a couple of days ago. Well, Sean and, and John haven't heard it um, in detail. So Arizona gets, as John alluded to, the Giants picks at 6, 17, and 37. Giants get Russell, who's 30 years old, by the way. Seahawks get the first uh, overall pick. They could take Kyler um, and maybe a conditional second or third round pick, depending on whether they go to the playoff with Russell and all that. If I'm the Giants, I don't do that. You don't? I would. Just take uh, – he's 30. Uh, Ryan's, Ryan's lips are no longer syncing with his audio. It's throwing everything off. Oh, I thought you were making a face at my, my point. He's 30 and there's no offensive line to speak of. I'll do it like this. I'll put my hand over my mouth so you can't be confused. Um, well, and I will say I did read Lock and Four's story. I, I read Jason's story. And I, the two things that have changed since then is that uh, you know PFT reporting that Russell Wilson doesn't necessarily want to be in Seattle anymore. And then we have Honey Badger saying that – uh, Russell Wilson wants to be in New York. So you, there just keeps more and more rumor monitoring, more gossip keeps coming out that he doesn't want to be in Seattle, which I think is kind of interesting. What about this one? Here's, here's By the way, here's PFT. Uh, this is Mike Florio. Um, when asked last month by Jimmy Fallon about a rumor the Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson ended up in, with the Giants, Wilson said, I'm not sure if the Seahawks are going to let me get away. That response glosses over the more fundamental question of whether Wilson would like for the Seahawks to let him get away. Per a league source, the Seahawks think that Wilson would like to play elsewhere, even if he hasn't and would never say it. They also believe that this unspoken dynamic will cause Wilson to drive a harder bargain with him than he would with another team. Yeah, I feel like the Wilson's he's he's a top ten quarterback. I, I like him. I think he yeah. makes it off to go. But um, well, I'm just putting that out there because not everyone feels that way and. Would but you rather have Russell Wilson or Andy Dalton? <laughs> but I feel like that uh, John Schneider and Carroll would be willing to let him walk. I mean, they did it before. They struck gold once in 2012 and would they you, got Russell. Would you trade, huh? would you trade Ben Roethlisberger for Russell Wilson? Uh, maybe. Cause Roth, Roethlisberger's old. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking in a second, about it. Maybe. The easiest trade of your life. Yeah. Roethlisberger's got like two more years max. I might trade Roethlisberger for Dalton, honestly. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, no yeah, you can live with that. Anyway, here's trade scenario two from, from Jason. Oakland gets Russell Wilson and the Giants pick at 37 and the Giants 2021 20, rounder. Seattle gets all three of Oakland's first round picks, four, 24, and 27. And the Giants get David Carr. Like, I don't like Derek. 
I, Derek I would hope Carr the Giants Wilson. don't. Get You're going to get blocked Carr. on Twitter by the Carr family if you keep mixing up the brothers. Oh yeah, Derek Carr. Someone <laughs> he just got it. I think someone did the other day on the NFL Network. But um, yeah, Derek Carr, David Carr. David Carr is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Please don't at me. <laughs> you've been you've been blocked by all of them, so they're not going to hear this. But uh, I don't think it matters. I don't think you like. I don't like that trade either. Um. All right. Anything else from the weekend of news, John? Oh, Ruben, really Ruben think... Foster, Ruben Foster reinstated by the NFL. Uh, will have to forfeit two game checks. Doesn't, uh, won't have to actually serve a suspension in 2019. You might not like him as a person. You might not like the Redskins as an organization for signing Ruben Foster, but it looks like a pretty smart deal at the moment because he'll be on the field for the entire 2019 season, assuming he doesn't get in any trouble and they basically got him for free. Uh, Sean Payton responded to rumors suggesting that he'll be the next Cowboys coach. What on earth could he have said, John? Well, the thing is, these rumors have been percolating all offseason. For like five years. Yeah, for five years, exactly. And and now it kind of starts to make sense. And this really felt like, you know, we saw the Russell Wilson, Jimmy Fallon thing where he didn't necessarily shoot down the fact that he would not or may not be in Seattle after that. That's kind of how the Sean Payton interview felt. It was... Yeah, I've got the Saints logo tattooed on me. Okay, but you can have tattoos like laser removed, man. Uh, you know, there was no flat, I'll never go to Dallas. He, he didn't say that. He kind of said, I plan on being New Orleans. I still think he's going to leave after Drew Brees retires. And, and you know, Teddy Bridgewater's people kind of feel the same way, and that's why he kind of shuffled his feet and was hesitant to sign with resign with New Orleans. So, man, I wouldn't be surprised if Champagne ends up in Dallas. And he said the plan is to stay in New Orleans, but it, it just wasn't definitive enough for me. Champagne likes to leave uh, leave doors open. And, uh, by the way, uh, Mike Mayock also said before, or I guess he didn't, as Ryan wrote, he didn't slam the door on drafting a quarterback, did he? No, he mentioned that back at the owner's meeting, and um, John Gruden said the same. And the, but they did say that Derek Carr is our franchise quarterback. They didn't pull a Steve Kime and say, quote-unquote, for now. But they have to do the due diligence and, you know, check all the boxes, kick the tires, all the other cliches you say about when you bring people in and you don't want to say it's for the obvious reason that you want to get better. Smart, smart NFL GMs and coaches leave a little wiggle room. Like even Sean, like Sean Payton, Mike Mayock, you know, like probably 5% chance that the Raiders draft a quarterback, maybe 25% chance, 10% chance that Sean Payton goes to the Cowboys, but leave the, yeah, leave the door open. Wait, let me ask Sean, Sean this because he's the ultimate Derek Carr hater. Sean, do you think the Raiders should get rid, like draft a quarterback this year and kind of plan to move on from Derek Carr? If not this year, next year, because I think if I just pulled up his contract uh, information and next year they can cut him and it's only five million in dead cap. Yeah, I mean he's Again. he's got one year left max. Is what basically. So I think I think you I think if you can get a quarterback at four that you like, I just don't know how they feel about those quarterbacks. Or if a good quarterback drops to them in the twenties, I think you take them and then you start Carr. Um, and at some point during the season, you probably switch. I think, yeah, I would not be bringing Derek Carr with me to Vegas. I think they that drafted would be- a quarterback at four, twenty-four, twenty-seven. Derek Carr is done. Just mentally, he doesn't seem like he'd be able to take some. Oh yeah, step- he'll last like September, and like with Antonio <laughs> Brown berating him, like you know what I mean, like it's crying it's- all over. <laughs> Please, Mister Green. If they draft a quarterback, it. they better dress him up as like Darth Vader or whatever on the sideline, so Derek Carr doesn't know where he is. That's weird. Um, because he would feel comfortable with Darth Vader standing there on the sideline. I think well, you know, I th- one of the guys out of the Raiders. What's the, what are the Raiders guys called? The black dress, hole. The, the black yeah. hole. There you go. I or think, you dress up like the new picture of the black hole. There you go. You wouldn't be able to see him. I could nice. see the Raiders going uh, Kyler Murray at four if he if he falls out of past the Cardinals. I don't know about Dwayne Haskins. Dress but him up maybe. like Yoda. Kyler Murray. 
Because he's short. Yeah. Um, I guess I can see them going to Dwayne Haskins. I think they'll either take one at four or not take one. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll play AFC North. Dun, 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 dun. Matchmaker. <laughs> that was weird. Weird matchmaker music. Game of Thrones. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. We're back. We're live. We never left. Um, all right. Let's play some AFC North Matchmaker. What's the weirdest? It's Game of Thrones. It's the North. Because it's, you know, it's the North. Dun, 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 dun. You know, there's also a South and an East and a West in Game of Thrones as well. Are you sure, Sean? It's a fantasy world. How do we know all directions exist? There's Have a you map. asked George R. R. Martin? No, but I but I've seen the map he's written. Do you see that Sean is listeners can't see this, but Sean is looking up on his wall as he's talking about a map, indicating that he has a map of the Game of Thrones on of his No, no, he's looking up at a mirror and there's another mirror and the map is tattooed all over his back. Turn around, Sean, let's see. How it. does the Game of Thrones map play in a um uh Dating situation? Yes. Sean, have you ever seen, have you ever seen Waterworld? So. Have, have you ever yeah. seen Waterworld? No, I've not. I know oh, it's, it's too bad. Is, okay, because the little girl has a map tattooed on her back and that's what makes me think of you. Spoiler alert. <laughs> here's a, here's Nobody's a, running that movie tonight, trust me. Here's, no. a, here's a spoiler. Don't watch Waterworld. It sucks. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> no, it's actually been on, when I was growing up, it was like on HBO and I tried to like watch it and it was terrible. It's awful. It, is, it's terrible. it was after like Field of Dreams and after the other baseball movie he did and he was really big. And they gave him all this money. To oh, he'd, he'd done Tin Cup. He'd done – I mean, he'd done everything. Right. Costner – hey, uh, I mean, like, Costner so was enormous. He did Waterworld and then did the Mailman movie, which is somehow even worse. The Postman. Oh, <laughs> who, who would think, let's fill an entire world with water and have Kevin Costner star it? He literally would have been my last choice. With webbed feet, John. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, he, was I, the fir- he was the first Aquaman. I mean, I was, when I think about when I think about Waterworld, because it was 1995, post-apocalyptic setup and all that. Um, I always think about it, it was like the quintessential, um, like it was the ultimate like poster child for having a huge budget for a movie and then it just being a absolute flop. Like it was like right. it was like, like two- Dance with Wolves came too early and gave everyone the false hope that they could make those movies and then. Yeah. This guy said, let me put some, some fins on my feet and have 20 years and Wait, see if I can. Is, is Dance, Dances with Wolves in the post-apocalyptic movie? It's a... No, no, but it was like a big budget movie that did really well. A long, epic, big budget. Yeah. I forgot about Dances with Wolves, man. Dances with, Costner made a lot. He's, it's, I always thought that Costner's like thing, I know he's got Dances with Wolves and all that, but to me, like his thing is always, um, he's always plays like the sporting guy he wants to be in real uh, life. This almost perfectly ties together because he was an AFC North general yeah, manager. I was going to exactly. Which could be played by one of you guys in draft day. I'll be Kevin Costner with no first round pick. Let's, uh, no, look, I'm, I'm, yeah, I forgot about that movie. That movie it was It all ties fun. together. All ties together. I actually kind of enjoyed draft day. I didn't watch it. I've seen clips on YouTube. I watched it on, ridiculous. I watched, well, I watched it on a plane and it's like so bad. But it's kind of, someone has a theory. Some comedian has a theory that every movie's better on the plane. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, bad movies are better on planes. That was – I got to meet Jennifer Garner and Kevin Costner because they aired draft day for the first time at Super Bowl Forty Eight, and they did a press thing afterward. And uh, So when you, you say, know, got, when you say meet, you mean you stuck a microphone in their face? I mean, no, it was like one-on-one. It was a little bit – Was it was it one-on-one? Yeah, yeah. Like they did a group thing, and then the sports reporters allowed to stay for a little bit after, and they kicked out the entertainment reporters because you know, the entertainment reporters are all crazy. They yeah, are. Yeah. I mean, you watch a TMZ. Kevin, what's going on with the latest buzz about your girl? It's exactly what it's like. So you're like, we need a few chances to get a couple sports questions in there. So they cleared the room. They got rid of the entertainment reporters. They're like, all right, you guys can ask a few questions. And there was literally only like uh, ten sports reporters, like me, Josh Katzowitz, when he was still with us. Uh, and we were two of the ten, so we were just sitting there with Costner and Jennifer so not, Garner. So not a one-on-one either. <laughs> no, no, because they were all they were they weren't together. They were at their own stool, so you just kind of walked and talked to them. Did you shake Kevin Costner's hand? I did not shake his hand. Did because... you say? Did you say I'm John Breach? No. Okay, this really feels more like an impersonal. You did ask him, how can you sleep with your, how can you sleep with yourself? How can you live with yourself? I took a picture of Jennifer Garner and made it my Facebook profile photo for a year, Will. That's where the story was going. I just wanted you guys to know that. Wait, you took a picture with Jennifer Garner? Not with that actually on your Facebook? (laughs) Yes. Are you in the picture? Is it just Jennifer Garner? Yeah, just meeting Jennifer Garner. (laughs) There's a picture of Jennifer Garner, you creep. Were you like, hey, Jennifer, how did you get that lovely pink orange hue in your living room? I mean, I haven't been in your living room. What? All right, Kevin Costner, why don't you start with the Browns? Um, the AFC North. <laughs> well, the Browns don't have a first round pick. I don't know if you guys know that. Uh, they traded away their first round pick for Odell Beckham. So it is difficult to play prospect matchmaker, uh, with the Browns. I mean, we can, we can try. Do you think, Ryan, do you think that the, the Odell Beckham trade was smart given their other needs? Yes. Okay. Well, no, voice just changed. Yes, absolutely. I thought you By the way, uh, you, they don't have a first-round pick. You're right. But John Dorsey has said he would trade up. And on Wednesday, more importantly than John Dorsey even, my seven-round mock draft will be yeah. live. All 254 picks. What did the Browns cut. do? Well, here's what they do, Sean. Thanks for asking. No first-round yeah, pick I'm in the so second curious. round. I can't wait until Wednesday. Tell me now. 
Okay, I'll give you a little sneak peek. In the second round, they take a cornerback, DeAndre Baker, out of Georgia, who I like a lot. In the third round, they get a safety, Deontay Thompson, out of Alabama. And Ooh. I'll leave it. Uh, you have to look up the uh, – you have to wait until Wednesday to find out the rest. But they bolster the defense, secondary in particular. They lost Jabril Peppers, replace him with safety, get another cornerback. DeAndre Baker had a really good season in Georgia. And uh, the defense gets better. The offense is all, already really good. Today, Sunday, by the way, is Baker Mayfield's 24th birthday, so – I'm sure that he'll be angry about something related to that. Probably the Colin Cowherd tweets at him, but uh, I think there's two good picks. Uh, I like that. By the way, uh, just so you know, Ryan, you can do a uh, a Snapchat selfie with Dragon uh, using the hashtag Game of Thrones if you want to do that after we get done. With this All right, I have to download Snapchat. Where do I get that? Uh, you have to call Snapchat and ask them to send it to you. One eight hundred Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, this is this is a true story. Uh, this is probably three years no, ago. No, you have to tweet. You have to tweet. How do I download Snapchat? And then it'll it'll send you it. Well, this is this is, might be worse. Uh, about three years ago, um, I wasn't traveling a lot. I think it was when the time I didn't go to the Super Bowl or whatever, and I had to go to Florida maybe for a meeting with you guys. And I actually uh, texted Brenton. I said, "How do I get Uber dot com?" The website to come up. I can't get it. He's like, he's like, I I remember when you guys in Slack asked me to explain what Bay meant, B A E, and yeah. when one of you guys called it memes. No, that's Brenton. That was Ryan. They're mean. The bed I can't find the photo. I'm on your Facebook and I don't see the photo. I think well, you're probably been scrubbed since he got married. Yeah, Ryan definitely got rid of that after he got married. Or John. All right, who's next? Also, uh, I blocked Sean on Facebook so he can't see my pictures. All right. This is a fake account you set up, so I would think you didn't block me. John, you are the Cincinnati Bengals. We don't really know who runs the Bengals. Maybe you could be Katie Blackburn. Maybe you could be Duke Tobin. Just depends on how you feel today. Um, how you want to talk? Maybe you, maybe you want to. It could be Jim Breach, who's made the uh, yeah. the picks occasionally at the draft. Maybe you just want to uncork your inner Katie Blackburn. I don't know, uh, but you get to make the Bengals. You get to match the best prospect with the Bengals. What do you think is the best match for the Bengals in the 2019 NFL draft? Well, let me just say that not a quarterback. I cannot stress this enough. I do not want a quarterback anywhere near. The Cincinnati Bengals this year. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are head and shoulders above Andy Dalton that you want to waste your first round pick on a quarterback. So no quarterbacks. We're not getting quarterbacks here. But here is what I do want. Thank you for that heart, Sean. Sean, oh, do you not approve it? Now there's a frowny face. Now I'm confused. But okay, so no quarterback. That's out of the way. So I have the 11th overall pick. And here's the other thing. I also have like 25 picks in this draft. So... The Bengals have 11 total picks. They got a bunch of compensatory picks. They have four six-round picks. So they do have ammo to move up if they want. Uh, maybe they've even more than four six-round picks. Maybe Ryan. It might even be five. Uh, but so they do have – if they see someone they really like, they have what they need to get up to eight or nine. But if I am the Bengals, I am taking a linebacker. I think that's my biggest need right now. And I love – the Bengals taking one of the Devons, either Devin White or Devin Bush. What say you, Wilson? Well, they have 11 picks. I don't know if you said that. They have three compensatory picks at the end of the sixth round, which is super annoying as I was doing the seven-round mock draft because <laughs> I had to pick three times for them in four picks. But 
Funny you say that, John, because at number 11, I have them taking Devin White and not a quarterback until round three. You think Devin White's going to make it to 11? Well, the way the first round shook out for me, the top 10 picks allow that to happen. I won't reveal too much. But, um, yeah, if he happens to slip, and I'm sure the Bengals aren't going to hesitate and they're definitely going to try to bolster the, the uh, you know, they got rid of Vontez Perfect. Their middle linebackers weren't, their linebackers weren't very good last year. I think it makes perfect sense. And I'll throw one more thing in, and I've said this before about Andy Dalton. You give him one year with Zach Taylor. You do not take a quarterback this year. If Andy Dalton sucks this year and he has no idea what he's doing in Zach Taylor's defense, offense, then the Bengals are going to have a bad record. They're going to pick high next year. When there's a better quarterback class, you take a quarterback. If Andy Dalton is awesome this year and uh, completely picks up Zach Taylor's offense because he's never had an offensive-minded coach and the Bengals go 10-6 and six or 11-5, and five, then you have your quarterback for the next few years and you have him a very reasonable price. I think he's $16 million this year, barely that the next year. Uh, so then you don't have to worry about getting a quarterback. So you just roll with Andy Dalton this year and you see what he does and then you make your decisions about him in 2020. Actually, breaches. I look at my mock draft again. I have him taking Devin White number 11, and the next 10 picks, I have him taking all quarterbacks. <laughs> what? Did you have Devin Bush going before Devin White? No. How did that? How did Devin Bush? Who I don't want to give away too much. Okay. But I'll just say this: at number four, the Raiders end up taking Rashawn Gary. Wow. And that sort of throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing because he's like a height, weight, speed freak, you know, 283. I think he ran a 4.5 or something crazy, 4.6. Who? How many quarterbacks go before the Bengals pick? Two or three? Two. Daniel, Kyler Murray goes number one. Daniel and Jones and Drew Locke? No. Drew Locke goes 10. Now you're just spoiling the entire thing. Well, Brentson has to have answers. Who goes know. nine? <laughs> and what about eight? <laughs> Uh, the nine, I hinted at last podcast when we did the AFC East, so I'll, I'll, you'll have to go back and listen on that one. Um, You're just dropping breadcrumbs for the last two weeks and expect people to piece this together. It's like, it's like Ryan's home life. He's just throwing breadcrumbs all over the floor, hoping mm-hmm. people will figure it out. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, I think the Bengals best case scenario, Devin White would be a great best case scenario. Um, I think that they should hope and pray that Dwayne Haskins is there at 11. Did you hear nothing uh, of what Breach just said? Yes, I, I did. Brenton, I condemn your hope and your prayers for the rest of your life. <laughs> Breach, here's the problem. None you, of that. Breach, you are, you're the guy who's like, this, you're like, you've already told me, you're like, the Bengals over at six and a half is great. This isn't a team that's rebuilding. This is a team that can contend in 2019. And it's like, no, dude, this team stinks. They're going to stink. They need a he new just quarterback. Said that. He said if they stink, that they can draft a better yeah, quarterback. Yeah, then, then you have the second or third pick next year, and that's when you take the quarterback. So I'm, I'm hedging either expectation, whichever way it goes. I mean, worst case scenario is you take Dwayne Haskins and Andy Dalton plays the whole year, and then you have the fourth pick next year. That would be and then problem. you're doing Josh Rosen type things. That would or be what if you take Dwayne Haskins, Andy Dalton's the starter just for this year, and they go 11-5. and five. Then you have two quarterbacks. Uh, then what do you do? Trade Andy Dalton? I just don't think you understand how quickly this Andy Dalton thing is ending. And eh, I, he's been around for he won't go away. He's like a well, are you saying I'm not emotionally prepared for when he's not their quarterback anymore? Because that could be true. I think you're delusional, and I think you are. <laughs> uh, I think you're like convincing yourself. You're like maybe Zach Robinson or Zach. I do that every damn time. Zach, I because maybe- it, it gets in my head when I'm talking. You know. <laughs> So maybe Zach Thomas will turn Andy Dalton into an elite quarterback at the age of 30. Zach Taylor is doing reminds me of like Did I say the Zach Thomas? God. Zach Taylor. God, this guy. Jesus. No way. That's, see, that's just absurd, Sean. Now you're just, this is No, weird. you're just talking yourself into this like late 
blossoming of this like quarterback who's been very middling for most he's, of his career. No, I'm not. He's oh, I'm saying offense. I heard you. He's finally got the offensive-minded coach. I believe me when when the Bears hired Mike Mark Trestman, I was like, he's got the quarterback whisperer. The Bengals had a horrible offensive line last yeah. year. It was like watching Josh Rosen trying to play they, in Arizona. You can't judge a quarterback a behind a horrible offensive line. Like yeah. Dalton is productive. He can be productive. Give him one like, more year. Dalton with Cutler and everything you're saying. Rings no, Breach is right. I mean, Tyler, Dalton, Tyler. Tyler. to five straight playoff appearances. How many games has Dalton won? How you know many? what? That's Marvin Lewis's fault. I put all of that on Marvin Lewis. Tyler Boyd's emerging as another viable weapon. Who? <laughs> now, look, if Tyler Eifert could just stay healthy for one or two games. In 2015, before Dalton so, broke his thumb, he they would have won a playoff game that year. That team was really I, good. I agree well, with they that. Didn't. And you know what? You know who else broke his thumb in the middle of the CMB playoff run? Jay Cutler. I'm telling you, the parallels are all right there. That no one thinks that except you. Yeah, but Jake seven and three at that point, they'd won like six games in a row. They have nothing in common. Do you think Andy Dalton would ever do what Jake Cutler did for Chris and Cavallari last week? Are we allowed to talk about that? I think. I think. NFL news. I think. Yeah, I think if Andy Dalton needed to suck some milk to to unclog some, uh, (laughs) what would be the scientific term for this? If if Andy Dalton's wife's breasts were clogged he would <laughs> he would he would do what was needed to do to help her out just like jay and since we don't want to go into any more details just google well, jay cutler chris and cavallari and uh news happened i was driving and i just got a text from my friend he was like sean can you comment on the recent jay cutler news so i was like oh great like what came out and i i was like sitting in traffic so i quickly like googled just jay cutler and all the headlines was Kristen Cavallari says Jay Cutler sucking so hard saved her life. And I thought it was going to be like she made some quip about like when he was being bad on the Bears, how that like put things into perspective. And then when I went home and clicked, I was like, oh, she meant literally sucking so hard. Good story, Sean. <laughs> All right, what we got so, anyway, you know who doesn't suck? Andy Dalton doesn't suck at football, and the Bengals don't need a quarterback. That's that's. I think that's where we are all going with this, Breach. and we all agree. Breach. This is the headline for the podcast post. Breach, colon, Andy Dalton won't save wife's life by sucking. <laughs> um, I, 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 Look, it's fine. You can keep riding this. Sean's spot on. It's a J. It's like Please. it's like I see myself the later years, yeah. color exactly what Breach is doing. Breach, and Breach is like even like an evil version of you. Like you're like you know what I mean. Like so, it's like a, it's like the reverse. It's like the polar opposite. Like Andy Dalton is just the kind version of, of Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is the evil version. Did you just hear what Jay Cutler did for his wife? Yeah, but Jay Cutler. he is a selfless. This is the perfect metaphor for how he was a selfless teammate. Did the things that needed to be done. Never got the credit for it. I mean, yeah, D'Angelo Hall thought he was awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gives and gives and gives until he can't give anymore. Uh, all right. Ryan. Raven. Ryan, the Steelers are next. No. The Ravens are next, right? No. Oh, no. Ravens Steelers, made the playoffs. Steelers, Steelers. Ravens Steelers. are 22. Yeah. Um, so Ryan, you're, I was getting confused here. Ryan, you're the, you're Steelers GM, Kevin Colbert. First of all. Kevin, Kevin why, Zach Thomas. Why haven't, why haven't you <laughs> traded Ben Roethlisberger? Second of all, who do you want to, who do you want to get at number 20? So if you were impressed with uh, Breach as GM getting Devin Devin White at number Breach 11. Breach never told us if he was Katie Blackburn or not, by the way. I don't know. What do you need to know? I am Mike Brown. I have the final say. You bring your choices to me, and if you were trying to take a quarterback, I'd put my 
fist down, the buck stops here. We're not you taking You hit the person in the head with the gavel who brought that to your attention. <laughs> and you say, oh, whoops, I thought I was hitting the table. At number 20, I have the Steelers taking Devin Bush, who, by a sequence of events, slips down to 20. Probably unlikely, but the Steelers need a middle linebacker or an inside linebacker anyway. And uh, the the choices probably will be Bush if they're extremely lucky, but someone like Byron Murphy, the cornerback out of Washington, would make some sense. They might even take a safety there. Um, wide receiver also, maybe Marquise Brown, had he should he be there? Akeem Butler's a guy that I like a lot. He's six five out of Iowa State. Um, not everyone loves him, but Devin Bush in this draft. And the first uh three rounds I have them taking Devin Bush, and then I have them taking a safety and then a cornerback. So they fill all their defensive needs early on. And at the top of round three, because they that the pick they got for Antonio Brown, Andy Isabella, five eight, UMass. Is it- why are you snickering? Five eight. You said that like you want to do it for his, his like hype video. <laughs> yeah, that's his. That's my version of his hype video. He ran a four three, and um, that's Brinson ran a four three once, I think. <laughs> yeah, over twenty five yards. Um, but uh, he's he's awesome. He's awesome against um the the D one teams he played against. Georgia he had two hundred nineteen receiving yards. DeAndre Baker, the corner um the cornerback there, said that was the toughest guy he faced in his career. So he's he's a good guy. He's a you know because he's white and short. He people often think of him as a Patriots guy, but um, I feel like he's going to get drafted if not in the third round, then maybe even earlier. What um what's the worst case scenario for you? What are you going to freak out about if it happens? Well, if Devin Bush is gone, he probably will be. And then um, if they take someone like Jalen Ferguson, who has the sack record, forty five sacks I think in his career, seventeen last season for Louisiana Tech. On paper, he looks great, but he wasn't great at the Senior Bowl. And when you watch him play, he's not particularly athletic. You know, we hear some of those concerns about Cleveland Farrell. Cleveland Farrell's 50 times better than Jalen Ferguson. If they take someone like him at 20, it would just be a wasted pick. So you want to avoid something like that. But for the most part, given where they're at, and there are a lot of athletes they could take there, cornerbacks, safeties even, wide receivers, I think people would be interested, not interested, but sort of concerned if they took DK Metcalf. Because, you know, he ain't Antonio Brown. He's more like um, Martavis Bryant. And is he a guy that has enough experience and, you know, he's super raw. But is that a guy that can come in right away and help? And I don't think he can. Mm. I don't know if he'd be bad across from Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, that's the thing. He's just going to run nine routes all day. but And that takes up one or two players. So, yeah, maybe it's fine, but he's not – like he doesn't do for you what Marquise Brown's going to do for you right off the bat. So if, it's if just he, a matter if of he falls to twenty, that would be wild. I think. I don't. I mean, he it, it's going to be crazy because some people don't like him because um you know he ran that terrible three cone drill which I don't care about and that he's not as not as uh, experienced, not as good a route runner, not as good a uh, pass catcher perhaps as even his teammate AJ Brown. All right, uh, Sean, you are Eric DaCosta. The shadow inspector of Ozzie Newsome looms over your shoulder with every decision you make. And here comes your first first round draft pick. Who's the best possible scenario? Who's a good prospect that you want to match up with the Baltimore Ravens? Well, I think their position of need is pretty clear. I mean, if you just go to their roster, there's a big glaring hole. Quarterback. There's a big glaring hole at wide receiver. Uh, Could you guys collectively name four Ravens receivers? Ooh. Yeah, there's Snead. Uh, Michael there Campanero. Is, yeah, Campanero. Is he still there? Yeah. No. Yes. He's not? Not according to our lads. Uh, then he's not there. Maybe they got rid of him. <laughs> um, I don't know the other. I know Willie Snead's there. They cut Michael Crabtree. 
Yes. Sean Perryman's long gone. <laughs> now we're just naming four. Oh, Kevin is a free agent, huh? Um, Bolden? <laughs> Joe Flacco? Uh, so there's my point. In, uh, that... Oh, Chris Moore is the guy, not, uh, Chris Moore is the Wake Forest guy, not Kevin Perryman. Yeah. yeah. Um, Seth Roberts? Just added Seth Roberts. Yeah. Jaleel, so, Jaleel Scott? Yes. Oh, wow. Well done. That's four. There's two He's more receivers. The website, so uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> All right, we're done. Jordan, anyway. La- Jordan Lasley? Is he on there? <laughs> he goes to your church, right? That's how you remember that. Yeah. Uh, right, and, then somebody, and then somebody named Quincy. Well, we were just talking about him, but I think DK Metcalf, if he's there, I think would be good value if he somehow falls to number 22. If you go to our mock draft page, which says nearly everyone's mock draft, just lined up right there without the explanations, I think all but two of them have DK Metcalf going to the Ravens. Mm. Um, I think wow. what's interesting, though, is I don't. I think they might not go receiver, and I think if you listen to a lot of the comments Greg Roman has made this offseason, he's talked a lot about building up front first for um, for Lamar Jackson. So I think if there was a good offensive lineman there on the interior, I think they could go offensive line. Obviously, they recently signed Marshall Yonda to an extension in case he's not retiring over in, in the next year. So I think. Maybe because of that, they'll start aiming towards receiver, but it wouldn't shock me if they go offensive line as well. well and I think um, that guy too. Sean just hit kind of the nail on the head is that you look at the Ravens, they're going to run the ball 90% of the time next year. So why would you use your first round pick on a position that's just not that important to your offense? So like, I understand they need a receiver, but that's your best chance to get a player who's going to contribute. And a receiver is just not going to contribute on the team, no matter what in that offense. So it does. Are we are we of, sure they're going to run that same offense with Lamar all well, season? Yeah, my, my counter would be: Are you sure Lamar Jackson's going to throw the ball forty times a game? I mean, well, that no, that's another option. Happen. I don't think that's going to happen. My counter would be the Chargers playoff game. How do you how do you remedy that if you're just running the ball? 80 or, times? or how about against the Buccaneers when he slid and got concussed, like just sliding and like somebody and it, like he can't survive an entire season doing that. They did that on the fly, threw him in there against really bad rush defenses, and he was able to produce. If they do that all season, I'm sure the Ravens will win five games. They can't do that next season, and I well, don't think they will. He's not going to be throwing the ball forty times. Well, not to these guys. He's not. He's got to throw it. He's got to throw it twenty times, fifteen to twenty. I would think. Right? I mean, by default, he's going to have to throw it fifteen to twenty times. But who's he throwing it to? The guy you go to church with, and some other guy we don't remember whose name it is. Willis Need, my man. I think that. Uh, so last year, Lamar Jackson in seven games started had hundred and seventy attempts, which is. Do the math. There you go. I see the 20, squirrel running around up there. 24, <laughs> 24.3 <laughs> passing attempts per game. So I think okay. he'll, I think it'll be closer to 30 attempts per game. 24 is that you can live with 24. Do 24, you have the, uh, break is, the the game logs? Yes. In front of you, I do. What was the what's the most attempts he had in, the, in a game? The most attempts Lamar Jackson had in a game was 25. <laughs> Oh, so every game he threw right around twenty to twenty five. In the game, okay. in the game, and that's he, what they're um, going to do next year. Yeah. All right. Well, you got to figure out the San Diego, uh, the, the Chargers. In the games, in the games he started, he averaged twenty two point six passing attempts per game. All right, you can live with that, and so, but I still think you need. To, I mean, I don't think you school. can. Who was the most? So, what did Russell throw for, like in twenty thirteen? Did mean, he average? I wonder because you know that was a, a run heavy offense. You get 2014, 2015, probably 2016. I mean, it's too. going to be a lot higher than that. You think so? Yeah. He averaged, he had 393 passing attempts as a rookie and 407 in, in 2013. All right. 
mean, that's substantially more, right? Yeah, they need a receiver. They don't have to take one in the first round. They can take Garrett Bradbury, the center out of NC State, Brinson's boy. Actually, no, I take that back. Russell Wilson averaged uh, 25.4 in his, uh, in 2013. Wow. All right. So, I mean, I think you do need to get, I mean, he, Lamar Jackson is not going to complete 63.14% of his passes. That's the difference. Right. Lamar Jackson is complete like 58% best case, which I I just think you're going to have to throw the ball 30 times a game in the modern NFL to keep up with teams and unless your defense just great is just great. Yeah, I think we'll see. I mean, we'll figure out like in September, we'll figure out how much teams know about how to defend Lamar Jackson because they didn't know how to do it last year until the very Well, you want a fun Ravens fact? Yes. Since 2012, they are 11 and one in games where their quarterback throws 25 passes or less. And yet they had Joe Flacco. So under 25 pass attempts, they're 11 and one. Wow. Defense and running game. That's what, what that's was what that they one? live by. So why would they change it? What was that one loss? That one loss was in overtime, so it could have been a win in de- uh, against the Redskins in December 2012. Oh wait, so Lamar threw for more than 25 in the playoff loss to the Chargers. This is regular season only. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he might have thrown more because they were weren't they down big and they were they throwing were late. So big that they were talking about bringing in Flacco at halftime. That's exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think Lamar- Brinson wrote a post on it. Yeah, he was excited about that. I would, I was rooting for Lamar. Uh, Lamar had 29 passing attempts and completed 48% okay. of his passes against the Chargers. Yeah, I would be fine with him taking a receiver. I would probably, I mean, DK Metcalf, Izzy, Brashad Perriman in terms of bus factor, like super athlete that doesn't do anything in that offense because that offense is so terrible. That's or the thing, there... that's the thing I think that they have to be worried about is can you draft a wide receiver in the first round? Knowing how hard it is for wide receivers to acclimate right away, and knowing how bad a job you've done drafting wide receivers in the first round, like and your quarterback doesn't throw very well, right? And so I think Garrett Bradbury is a much better pick. Yeah, especially for as John talk, talks about, if you're going to be all in on the run, you can draft a million wide receivers after the first round. They don't have a second round pick because they trade up for Lamar, but in third round there'll be someone there. Probably uh, like if you in the third round get someone like Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State who's more of a possession receiver, great hands, great route runner, all the other stuff that we'd like to say, that actually might make better sense for the Ravens because he would be better prepared to play in an offense immediately, more so than D.K. Metcalf, who you know we've talked about. I mean, I think you can actually argue that, that wide receiver has been an incredibly big blind spot for the for, – and look, Eric DaCosta is different, but he is – you know, he did come up under yeah. Ozzie Newsome. I mean, when you look at the wide receivers that the Ravens have drafted in history, I mean, they had – uh, What's that? They are, the Ravens are the wide receivers, but the Steelers are to drafting cornerbacks. It's just like they can't do it. The funny thing is, uh, maybe the Steelers should help the Ravens draft a, uh, a wide receiver, and the Ravens can help them draft a cornerback, and then everyone will be happy. <laughs> they can, the Ravens can draft the, the Ravens. They just trade into the division, right? So the wide receiver. Who do you think the wide receiver with the most career approximate value is ever drafted by the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, not Rashad Perriman. <laughs> it's not. Derek, is it Derek, um, Mason? Um, I don't think he was drafted by the Titans. Oh, he was drafted. He went over there. That's right. Yeah. I think they drafted Tory Smith. I was gonna say, did they he draft be, him? He'd probably be my guess. I think yeah, so. he was Tory Smith pick. was a second round pick. He is not the correct answer, but he is the correct answer. He's number two on the list. Where, what year was the, the number yeah. one? 1999. And he oh, was I know. A, oh, it's, uh, oh, I know. Yeah. I do too. Do you know Sean? He went, no. to, he went to Syracuse, I think. Did he? No, we're, we're talking '99. I was. He did not go to Syracuse. Oh, it's not he, Quadri. Peyton Manning's boy. Yes, that's correct. Brandon that? Stokely. They drafted him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, 
Torrey Smith right. is number two in terms of career value. I guess I could do receiving yards, too, would be the other thing, but it's basically oh, the same. Audrey is mine. Uh, yeah, so 5,339 career receiving yards for Brandon Stokely, wow. 5,141 for Torrey Smith. Um, do you know who is number three on the list in terms of Ravens wide receivers drafted with most I don't know, but I guess if you go, if you go look over the tight ends next, they will be dominating this group. I was going to say, I bet you Ray Rice is honestly high on the list if we're just doing That's like right, Ray parties. Rice. Who's number three? Travis Taylor. Oh yeah, he's the old school guy too. First round That's pick. Back when people were clowning, um, the quarterback then, who's now the quarterback guru guy. What's his name? Out of Fresno. David, who's the quarterback? David Carr. <laughs> John, who was the quarterback? For who? During the Ravens Super Bowl run that everyone hated. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer, yeah, I can't yeah. think of his name. Um, Did Tra- he Travis yeah. Taylor, 2000 first round pick, 10th overall. Mark Clayton, 2005 first round pick, oh, 22nd Clayton. overall. Brashad Perryman, 2015. It's like every five or 10 years they draft a running back, a wide receiver in the first round and the wide receiver flames out impossibly bad. So. Yeah, I don't think they're going to take a receiver. That's just my personal opinion i think that our that. eric DaCosta fill in here sean steamboat mcguff is wrong i disagree well, with let you, me sean. let me just read you the mock drafts ryan wilson dk metcalf chris trapasco dk metcalf uh rj white dk metcalf i can go on and on it's everyone on our mock draft page and i'm just stealing content here so this is actually here's the list of the top 10 most receiving yards by this is Veered into the worst, most boring podcast of all time. Here's a list of Ravens receiving yards. Uh, Todd Heat, number one, 5,869 yards. Brandon Stokely, two. Torrey Smith, three. Travis Taylor, four. Mark Clayton, five. Ray Rice, six. Chester Taylor, seven. Yeah, running back. Yeah, he was good. I forgot about Chester Taylor. Uh, Jermaine Lewis, Ed Dixon. So it's a terrible group of people, yeah. Um, Ed Dixon, well, he's ranked higher than Dennis Pitta. That's amazing. Yeah, isn't it? Um, all right. Wait, wait. No, Dennis Pitta has more yards for the Ravens than. I'm just doing by career receiving yards, not with the Ravens. Oh, I was doing with the Ravens. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we have anything else to add? Are we going to come? Look forward to that seven round mock draft on Wednesday. You're going to love it. Are we we gonna, could see the NFL schedule this week. That would be exciting. Are we going to talk? Too. Are we going to talk tomorrow about the Game of Thrones? We're going to do. We're going to hop on for 20 minutes on Game of Thrones tomorrow, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can do it. Uh, coming up on Wednesday's show, we're going outside the CBS family for draft talk. Dane Brugler is going to join. Ooh, Dane is awesome. Dane is awesome. I, you're not offended by that, right, Ryan? Not at all. He's he's amazing. Okay. Not threatened or offended by me talking to no. him? Uh, he's better than Ryan. I mean, come on. He's, he's been doing it a long time. Yeah, like he, he yeah, is Dane's legit great. Dane's great. He's willing to do a podcast. He, he's releasing his um, – his draft guide, so we're going to chat up Dane and talk to him. Oh, and also, I'll throw in real quick that over the weekend, I did a little – tour of downtown Nashville, and let me just say that this is going to be the drunkest NFL draft of all time. They're setting up a tent. The whole thing is basically outdoors. They're closing off five blocks of Broadway, which is kind of like the strip in Vegas. They've never closed the street down to traffic before, but they're going to do it for the draft. So there's pretty much just going to be drunk people out on the street because Broadway is just all bars, and uh, so it should be pretty crazy. Bars and honky tonk. All right, let's get out of here. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, NFL Super Friends. You're the best.